Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. One day my client, Brian, said, My marriage is important, but... In my mind, I said, now you're going to tell me why that isn't true. Sure enough, he listed his job, the kids, his ill mother, and everything but the kitchen sink. And in this day and age when busy is a badge of honor, where does that leave your marriage? Because quite frankly, nothing thrives on neglect. So how do you keep your marriage a priority? Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about today with my guest, author, podcast, podcast host, and relationship coach, Lewis Morris. So, Lewis, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for coming back on. Hi, thank you for uh, inviting me back on. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, you wrote a piece for the Good Men Project titled, Lead with Compassion in Your Relationship. And in this article, you take on this daily hustle and bustle. You say that compassion is the key. So what do you mean by compassion? Okay, well, if you're in a marriage or relationship with another person, that means that you should, you know, some people have, you know, some people have arrangements, right. but you should care deeply for the person and you should want the person to uh, be protected as far as any pain or adversity that they may go through. Uh-huh. So that is, that is the level of compassion that you should have for your significant other. You should try to protect them from any pain or adversity. And by doing that, you know what I'm saying, that means that you're showing them a level of care and concern uh, on a daily basis. Okay. So how does, so how does this, um, you know, because I talk about this, you know, frequently that if a marriage is okay, meaning there aren't any great problems, you know, things are just kind of going along. I mean, nothing great, nothing bad, just you know, everything's kind of on an even keel. It, you know, people tend to put the, what I call the squeaky wheel. So whether it's the kids or the job or, you know, something else, you know, comes into play and the and the marriage kind of gets stuck on this back burner and and you know and, and it's okay until either the pot boils over or run or boils dry right so how does compassion where does compassion come into this I don't want to call it because I don't think it's intentional neglect. I, I really don't. I think people just kind of go, oh, here's all this other stuff we have to be pay, paying attention to, and then our relationship is good enough, so I don't have to put effort into it. I don't know if you're following me. So how does compassion play into that component? Okay, so let's, let's look at it from a daily activity perspective. Okay. When you and your significant other get up in the morning, what mm-hmm. does the morning look like? Do you eat breakfast together? How do you deal with each other at the breakfast table? Is it are you complimenting one another? Are you discussing your day together? I'm saying, do you uh, do you help each other with the dishes when you finish? Things like that. You know, mm-hmm. so just little routine things 
that shows the other person that you care for them, that you're okay. concerned about them. Like this. This mm-hmm. is this is what compassion is. You're showing concern and care for the other person. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Okay. But how how do you treat one another when you come home from work? You know what I'm saying? Are you you know, are you growling at each other and you start complaining about the job or are you greeting each other kindly and considerately and asking each other about each other's day. These are compassionate acts that go a long way to keep the marriage from being stale. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I I appreciate compassion. I appreciate it. So there's a level of appreciation there that's constantly being displayed. That's That's what I was trying to get to in the article. Okay, yeah, because it's, you know, I mean, one of the things, and, and I probably, I say this all the time, and I probably said to you, I, it really drives me crazy when people talk about marriage being hard work. That to me is like, we're out, we're out. I mean, right now, I, I live in the South, and it's in the 90s and with the humidity matching. It's not pleasant outside. And so to me, if I had to go outside and work, that to me would be really work. I don't want marriage to be like this horrible thing. And I, you know, I think people think about it as being hard work, but you're talking about just very basic, um, not a lot of time, even probably not a lot of forethought, right? It's more like habit, and that we are we we are nice to each other. You know, we we say please and thank you. We, you know, one of the things that I always talk about. It's like, you know, hey, if if, if you know, my husband and I are sitting watching a TV show or something, and one of us gets up to go to the kitchen to get something. We always ask, hey, can I get you anything? I mean, just that recognition of there's this other person in my in my space that I've actually invited to be there, right? And I'm acknowledging them. It's like, I love what you're talking about, about getting up in the morning, and do we have breakfast together? Do we... You know, say you know, how do we say goodbye to each other? What happens when we come back at the end of the day? Do we acknowledge, you know, that there's a person sitting on the couch, right? <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, it seems to me really basic. So, what is it that you think that people are missing about this? Well, it depends on the couple, but what 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 we're saying here, uh, Leslie, is that this is what makes a great a good marriage. Uh-huh. Small moments, small moments like that, that the other person can appreciate coming from the person that they love because okay. they, they it's, it's just it's just small things. It's it's not work. Just like you said, it's not work. You just right. it's small gestures. You know, greeting uh, greeting your husband or your wife pleasantly when they come home from work. Uh, right. Being 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 considerate with them when they when they hand you something, a cup of coffee or some right. or some toast or something like that. Thank right. you, uh, honey, or thank you, dear. You know, said this this is these are just small gestures and small moments that add up that make the marriage better and make it easier to navigate. This yes, is, this is what it's about. Because you're going to have all these other distractions. If you got kids, you got to go to work, you got to pay bills, you got all of these other distractions. But if you and your significant other can be pleasant and considerate with one another on a daily basis, then it makes the marriage more pleasant. It yes. makes the marriage easier to navigate 
when things go wrong because you, you're you being present with one another all the time. Right. You yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes to that five to one positive interactions to negative interactions that when we're doing these considerations, it's, you know, it, it's, it's like putting small deposits into your love bank account. It's not like you suddenly put in a hundred thousand dollar deposit, but you're putting in like, you know, like, $10 every, you know, several times a day, and, and over time it, it um, adds up. So, but in the article you also say that compassion begins with understanding and empathy. So what does that mean? What is, how would I know if I were sitting in your kitchen watching you and your wife that there would be understanding and empathy going on? What would I be seeing? What, what I meant by that was, you you have to understand that there are differences between you and the other person, and you have to you have to be accepting of those differences. You you can't you can't resist that and say, oh well, we have to agree on everything. No, that's not the way life works. No. Life doesn't work that way. You don't agree on everything with your boss. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or with your children. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be an understanding that we we have differences, but the empathy comes in when you put yourself in the other person's shoes. You look you say, Okay, well how how would I want her to deal with this particular difference of opinion that I have? Would uh-huh. I want her to start would I want her to start yelling at me and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and saying that I'm an idiot? Or right. would I want her to talk to me, you know, rationally and try to get my, at least get what I'm saying so that she can understand it even if she doesn't agree? Well, and I mm-hmm. so love, I so love you say that because, because people, and I have this conversation with my clients all the time, that people think that understanding and agreeing are the same, and they're not. I, the, the kind of rule of thumb I use is I understand your position. If I can turn to a third person and relay your position accurately, that means I've understood it. does not mean that I agree with it or you know, it does it, but people get really caught up in that that somehow if i understand my partner's position therefore it means i have to agree with it it's like no 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 <laughs> so what you know i mean and and again you say you know and, and again this is one of those things where we are different people and that's not a bad thing unless we make it that way and i think that that's where empathy comes in so could you kind of define what empathy means oh all right so let's go back to the last point first Uh in many cases in marriage the other person wants to be right Uh yes you see the other person wants to be right Uh that's where the problem comes in it's not that they don't understand the other person's position right no they want the other person to agree with their position right you see that's where the problem comes now, as far as the empathy is concerned, at least give, at least consider my point of view on the issue. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree with it, but at least listen to what I'm saying so that you can understand. 
understand where I'm coming from, and if you don't agree with it, then we can agree to disagree on this particular issue. Because right. as, a, as a couple, you're not going to agree on everything. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you know, there, are, there are certain marriages where they have different political affiliations. Right. You know what I'm saying? And politics, politics is a very, uh, it's a very touchy subject. Right. So and when it comes to that, you and your significant other have to agree to disagree. You can't, you can't continue to clash about that issue. Okay, this is why I'm a Republican. Right. This is, what, this is me talking to my wife. This right. is why I'm a Republican. And I explained her. Right. Now, she may not agree that that's the, the reason that I'm a Republican is a good reason, right. but at least she understands now. So, well, so there's that, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Well, oh, absolutely. You have to have that level of empathy with your significant other in order to keep arguments like that at bay. Because if you keep going at it, it's just going to get worse. It's not going to. It's not going to solve anything. Well, I mean, and I love. I mean, because and and a lot of what you're saying is so right. Because if, if you know, I when I talk to my clients, I say if you can get to eat to your opinion, your perspective from the same set of facts. Because I'm not a believer in alternative facts, or whatever. It's like okay, I mean, and and you know, and I use this all the time uh, when I talk to people, and you know that that we can agree that it is 75 degrees outside, right? Now, is that hot or cold? Now that's an opinion, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, and, you know and, and, but it's the same set of facts. And, and I, you know, and, and I, you might not be cold, and I might be cold. Or, it, you know, it could have been, three hours from, from the time we had breakfast and you're hungry and I'm not. That's not a right or wrong thing. It's just you're hungry, I'm not. Okay, go get something to eat. Right? But we get caught up in this right or wrong and then I think that's where both the understanding and empathy sometimes fall by the wayside because we're so vested and I and I do think that's where the understanding comes in and you know part of the compassion is is listening to understand not listening to agree because mm -hmm. you know and and a lot of times you know that's that's the skip that's the step that people skip that they're not it's like well what's going on here does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense so I want to remind my listeners that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with author, podcaster, and relationship coach, Lewis Morris, about the importance of compassion in your marriage. In fact, compassion is key to healthy relationships of all kinds. And if your marriage could use an influx of compassion, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a call and schedule your free, no-obligation, five-star relationship call. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com. And now I want to get back to this conversation about um, bringing more compassion into your marriage. So, Louis, the next components of compassion that you identify are forgiveness and acceptance. So these are, I mean, we're talking a little bit about acceptance, but how, is there a process for this that you can talk about? No, well, the process is, is that 
conflicts are going to happen. Okay. In relationship. That's the process. Because, <laughs> like, when we, like, when we first start uh, courting somebody, you know, it's just, you know, you they call it the, um, what do the they call phase. it? Honeymoon phase. Because the honeymoon phase, you know, where everything is so rosy and nice and everything like that. Right. And then you get to the second stage where you start to see things in the other person that you don't like. Mm. This is when the conflict begins to start because now you see, you know, the rosy and beautiful stuff, you know, you still it's still present, but now you're seeing some other things. Right. You know. So you you have to accept the fact that there's going to be conflict. That's what I meant by acceptance. You have to accept that. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be like that, the honeymoon period, for the whole relationship of marriage. That's not going to happen. Right. However, however, as long as your husband or your wife are not violating any non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. They 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 staying out of that area, right. right? But there are other things that they that, that you have a problem with. Then you have to you have to show a level of forgiveness and let things go. Now it doesn't mean that you can, it doesn't mean that you can't forgive the non-negotiables. It doesn't mean that I'm not right. saying that right. because you can forgive you can forgive those. But that means at at that point you have to walk away from the marriage because the person jumped over the fence. Right. You know, right. That's what, that's what that's what boundaries are. Not against non negotiables is that you have this fence uh-huh. and this is the way that you come into the fence. So uh-huh. when the person jumps over the fence, they violate it in a way that you can't accept anymore. Right. It doesn't mean you can't forgive them for the violence. You can forgive them. It's just that you have to leave them alone at that point because <laughs> they jumped over the fence. But well, what I'm saying is, is that forgiveness is an integral part of the marriage so that you can continue to move on and get back to loving each other and being compassionate and affectionate with, affectionate with one another. Because if you don't forgive each other, you're, you, you're not going to get back to that. And you need to get back to that. Right. And, you know, I mean, and there, you know, and, and part of it isn't just necessarily an automatic forgiveness because, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just having a conversation with the person because you, they may not know that they did, that, that they caused any harm, right? You know, they may not, may not have known that their way of going through the fence was, was not okay with you. And, you know, and coming to them calmly and saying, hey, can we talk about what happened last Tuesday? Because, you know, I have a problem with what happened. And, again, it's, it's part of the compassion, um, I think, is to recognize and give our partners the benefit of the doubt unless they have proven, like you're talking about with the, with the non-negotiables, unless they've proven that they truly meant to cause harm. Right, yeah. because because that's what that to me that's what that acceptance is. It's like, oh, you're doing it your way, without any understanding that it's it's creating a problem for me. Mm-hmm. And so if I can come to you calmly, right? I mean, we have a difference of opinion, or we have a difference of viewpoint, or we have a difference of whatever. Which, as you said, that 
which which somehow seems to surprise people <laughs> that that that's a true statement because any two people are going to be different in some way, shape, manner, or form. Um, but that difference doesn't necessarily mean ill intent because I'm going to do things my way because it works for me. And if somebody has a problem with it, I would like to know that but so that I can make a decision as to whether or not I'm going to change what I'm doing. And if I care about the person, I will, I will try to see if there's some way I can do that, right? Um, but it's you know it's this idea that you know again that this person is doing it on purpose. They may hmm. most of the time I don't think we are. I mean yes there are some people who are ill intended. I mean they they're out there they exist I get that, but I but I don't think that's most people. I think most people just don't know and then how you approach them. It's like if you come at them in a in a hard accusatory way you're going to send things off into the ditch but if you come to them with this hey I'm curious what was this about you know or I'm you know or I just need to let you know that you know I struggle with things like that can we talk about doing it a different way which of course is a much more inviting and relational way of being right mm-hmm so how can people, I mean, because there's this idea also about forgiveness, that if I forgive you, it means what you did was okay. How do you handle that? <laughs> okay, 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 now I tell, I tell people this all the time. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Ah. It's not for the other person. It's, yep. it's for you. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you hold these, it's like it's like when you have uh, some emotional issues or mm-hmm. some psychological issues. You talk to somebody about those things. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't talk to them. You don't talk to them for them. You talk to them because you need to get over these emotional or psychological issues. It's okay. for you. You're just sharing it with them so that you can get some feedback that is necessary in order for you to heal and get better. Forgiveness mm-hmm. is no different. Right. It's no different. Gotcha. You're forgiving so that you can get this stuff out of your chest so that you can move on in a positive frame of mind and emotional state. That's gotcha. why you're doing it. It's, it has nothing to do with the other person. <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying that. And the final components that you talk about in the article that are uh, parts of compassion are communication and connection, which, in my view, are critical for real intimacy. So how do these two, which are important aspects of any relationship, how do they fit with compassion? Okay. Communication is 90% of the marriage. Uh It's 90% of the marriage. Whether it's verbal or nonverbal, because look, you can like you can be saying something like to your to your husband or to your wife, right? But your body language is saying something else. Yep. <laughs> and they and they see that. they see they see that what you're communicating them to them verbally is not actually what you're feeling on the inside. 
Right. So that's a form of communication. It's 90% of the re- The rest of it is just like spending time together. The other okay. 10%, you just, you just got to spend some time together. Right. So what I mean by communication as far as compassion is concerned, you have to communicate in the right way. Like you were saying, if there's a problem, you go you go to your husband and you say, look, uh, uh, I think we should talk about what happened on Tuesday. Right. Right. That's, that's good. You know, what I'm right. instead of going to why why did you do that on Tuesday? Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You see the difference? Yes. That, that means the response is going to be different depending on how you convey how you want to have this conversation. So when you do it compassionately. The, the likelihood of you two sitting down and having a rational conversation, even if you disagree on each other's view, is more probable because right. you didn't come to them negatively. You came to them with compassion. Look, honey, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I had a I had an issue with you know what happened on Tuesday. Uh, I think we need to talk about it. Right. And so, how does that pl- how does that play into connection? Because this is you know, this is one of those things that, um, you know, it, people, people sometimes want, want the connection. You know, they, they want the connection, they want the intimacy, but they don't realize the, the pathway to get there, which commun- you know, healthy and productive communication is a pathway. But talk a little bit more about connection in, in terms of compassion. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, let's deal with this. There is no way for you to have a truly intimate connection with your significant other without vulnerability. Ah, the V word. (laughs) They go go together. Yes. But in in order for you to be vulnerable with your significant other, you have to talk. You have to tell them things that you may not necessarily want to tell. Right. You have to share parts of yourself with your significant other that are delicate, that are sensitive, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying, that are pain points. You right. have to do it. You know what I'm saying? And you have to do it in a way where they understand that you are opening up to them, and these are issues that are uh, just between me and you. Okay. It's not, for any, it's not for anyone else. This is not for a third party. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You have, you have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So this is where the connection comes in. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you can't just talk about the bills and the kids all the time. Right. Sometimes you, gotta, you just got to share what's on your heart with your significant other. Well, and, and when you talk about this, and you're talking about all of these things mixed together, that, that being able to share that openly, you have to feel safe. You, know, you have to know that when, you know, that there's acceptance, right, that you don't have to agree with me, but there does have to be an understanding that this is how I function. And, you know, and, and because if it's not safe, I'm not going to. Sh- I'm not going to share, and then, and then there's space between us. We can't be as deeply connected because 
I don't feel like it's okay for me to admit a mistake or share that you know this this event happened to me in the past and it and it and and in circumstances when we're doing this thing it all comes rushing back out because you know I mean these, you know and this is it's it's tough so how how can couples develop Better compassion, better communication, better connection. Okay. Uh, just like what you were talking about, this is the issue that I have to talk about all the time because many, especially for men, it, women do it too, but especially for men, uh-huh. they are reluctant. You know, they are more reluctant to do it because they don't want to seem weak or they don't want these things thrown back in their face during the argument or whatever the case might be. Well, and I have, but, to, I have to agree with them on that, because if your partner shares something with you that is deeply personal to them, it cannot be used against them later, because that is the fastest way to get them to shut down and shut off. Yeah, well, this is, this is, what, this is what we have to explain to couples, that mm-hmm. when you do that, you remove you remove an aspect of the vulnerability that you want to exist in the marriage Mm -hmm. because this person is now looking at you and saying, okay, well, I shared this with you before, and then you did A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. So then they they shut down in certain areas. Now, they'll, they'll still talk to you about some things, but right. in other areas, you you won't be privy to them because they won't share them with you. You Absolutely. know, and that's that's not good. That's not good. It's not good for the marriage as far as growth is concerned because you want to continue to grow together with your partner, not just you know financially and things like that. You want to grow emotionally, you know, right. what I'm saying? And, and 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 physically and intimately with your partner. You want to grow with them. But once they shut that door a little bit, then that stunts that growth. You know what I'm saying? It stops it from being uh, free-flowing, for lack of a better term. But one of the ways that you do it is that you share something with them uh, that's sensitive, but not – you start piecemeal. Yep. For lack of a better term. Yeah. You start with something small and you see how they accept it, you see how they take it, and then when you, you have these disagreements, you you see if those things come up. If yeah. it doesn't come up, then you can you, you, you can feel a little bit more safe and say, Okay, well, he didn't bring that up, you know what I'm saying, about what I told him about so and so during right. the argument. Well maybe I can, you know, I can open up a little bit more. You know what I'm saying, and share a little bit more with this individual because uh, you know he he or she you know kept that to themselves when we went through what we went through, and like right. that, it's a process. You know what I'm saying? You don't just start telling them everything. No. You know what I'm saying? You, it's a it's a process that you go through with your significant other to see if they uh, can be trusted with the information. And and I so love that because that because that trust is really at the foundation of a solid relationship because if I have to if I feel like I have to withhold parts of myself because I don't trust you with them then it's going to put this it's going to put this barrier between us and we're not going to be 
able to have the kind of relationship that most people say they want. And, you know, and again, it's, I, I wrote an article many, many years ago about how to get your partner to lie to you. And it was ba- one, of, one, of the reason, one of the ways was react poorly when they tell you the truth. So it's like if you react poorly when somebody is vulnerable with you is sharing something hard about themselves, what, what's being told is it's not safe for me to share this and then I'm going to pull away and we're not going to have that loving, intimate, connected relationship that most people get married to have. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I mean, it can be just a financial arrangement. I mean, that's you know perfectly legitimate if, if everybody's on board with that's why we're married. But if, but that's, but most people are looking for that deeper connection. And it seems like, and, and it's interesting because we talked about at the beginning, that honeymoon phase, it seems like we have that in the beginning. And it's really kind of false because it's not that the information is false. The information is incomplete because we're only putting out our, you know, the, the best part of ourselves, which actually, based on what you and I have been talking about, I think we should always be trying to bring our best selves to the relationship, not our worst selves. But, but, it's, you know, but it's incomplete because it's not until we start seeing those differences, seeing those things that are annoying, seeing those, you know, all these things that, we're we're in a real relationship. Mhm. Yeah. And you know, and I and I think that people get I mean, and again, this is one of those things about the soulmate and if we start to have disagreements and conflicts, then somehow this person isn't the right person and it's like, "No, this is part of the process. This is just because because if everything's all all um hearts and flowers, we don't grow." And that's what you were talking about that this is part of what being in a good marriage is, is about being challenged in a healthy, positive way. Is that, am I getting that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's correct. Okay. So, Lewis, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing about this because, you know, I, I think we do need to break some things down and, and help people understand what works. And compassion is such an incredibly important component to the, you know, to the people that we're with. I mean, it, it's funny because it's like people, you know, people will forgive their kids. They'll be compassionate to their friends. But for some reason, they hold their partners to a different standard. I'm going, um, that's not going to work, people. So can you tell people where they can learn, read more of your articles, learn more about um, what, you, what you share with your community? Okay, well, you can go to uh, my link tree. Everything's on the link tree, which is uh, linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. Everything's on the link tree. Uh, you can schedule a 30-minute free consultation call. Um, all the books and resources and coaching programs, you can find everything on the website. The website is in the link tree. I also have the uh, uh Live stream coming up on the 13th, on Wednesday the 13th, uh, Simplify Your Love Life, Five Steps to a Happier Relationship. It's going to be on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday the 13th. 
So I hope uh, everyone will tune in for that. Absolutely. So several years ago, there was a book titled, written, titled 168 Hours. And in this book, the author states, by the way, 168 hours is all the time any of us, 168 hours per week is, is universal. That's all the time any of us get. And the author says that you tell people what's important to you by how you spend your time. So how are you spending your time in your marriage? Are compassion and empathy and acceptance and forgiveness in your marriage? And if you aren't making your marriage a priority, how do you expect it to last? So hopefully one of the things that you will do to keep your marriage strong and healthy is to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.